Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And I'm very excited to say that joining us in the room is Gorman Handel, the CEO and co-founder of MediaIQ. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very happy to be here. Brilliant. Prior to this, you set up the online ad network A&NY Media uh, for the large publishing group associated Northcliffe Media. And before that, you set up the performance division of Pan Euro Ad Network AdLink Internet Media only six months after joining. So how did you get into the, the digital advertising world? So I was at university and I had a course where you had to do an internship. Mm. And I literally, in one week, I had a interview as a HR administrator for the government in one of their audit divisions, and um, uh, another interview for a little online ad network called AdLink, hmm. which had about 15 employees. What year? What, when, when were we talking? That was um, 2003, late mm-hmm. 2003, and uh, just look back now, and I'm really lucky, I'm really glad yeah. I took the job with... Uh, Adlink versus going to work for the government but yeah so I just come in as an intern as in their more operational department and I had a year's internship Mm. Um, and then I sort of I was very lucky at that time of that that company Uh, there were some really good up and coming individuals that I could learn a lot from it's an amazing dropping your names yeah so my business partner right now Lee Puri he was just like this uh top sales guy and uh, you know he would always be the one that everybody was like raving about all the time um, our current president was the sales director Richard Dunmore and one of our non-execs was the owner of the business who uh, who eventually sold it um, Richard Holman and, and actually if you think that I can keep naming them everybody that used to work there is all doing really really all well part so of the gang. Just, huh? all part of the gang yeah all part, of the, all part of the gang and they're all they're all doing well so I just learned a lot Mm. in a year like um and i learned more the operational side actually of of uh the, the sort of online space so mm. the trafficking as it was growing up essentially. Yeah, yeah 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 and yeah. so but the good thing was that happened to me there was that um, when i left it was nearly 40 people so even in my last say quarter there like i kind of knew a lot yeah. because there was people coming from offline and they sort of didn't know the nuances mm. so it kind of helped me build my confidence mm. that people were probably coming to me and asking me questions and then I went back to university I went travelling after I uh, finished my you went back to university what to finish my degree because it was a sandwich course so you do two years one year work placement one year go back to university then I went travelling for four months and then um, sort of got back to London and I was like oh I need to work and by that time Lee Puri had got promoted to the sales director and I stayed in touch and he said you know you were were good at the operational side come in the sales stuff But I didn't really enjoy the sales side of things, actually. Um, and then, yeah, then just hit off from there, really. Really yeah. interesting. And uh, very entrepreneurial, because <laughs> obviously all been about creating. Um, have you always been entrepreneurial? Are you one of those people that was, as a kid, went out and ran his own business? Yeah, so my parents um, had a ladies' shoe shop okay. in... Uh, we grew up in Hertfordshire, Electra, but the ladies' shoe was in Electra. Right. And ever since I was about eight, I would always be at that shop, and mm. then when I could, sort of. I worked in a shoe. Well, my, my, I think my first paid job was in a shoe shop. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I like from. Like, would you like a handbag to go with that? Man? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. And then it was like from about ten, eleven. I used to always work in that shop, and then, um, 
and then so like so I was always from a family surrounded by people there was small business owners yeah, yes, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. always so surrounded like by like people who own their own business yeah. and I sort of learnt the like you know the stresses of you know uh, cash flow and hmm. uh, like you know needing to like you know that business was all about what's the right stock and can yeah. you order enough of it yeah. To, yeah. yeah so I think from that time you know I was always like ah oh, you know I, I just enjoyed this business side and then mm. I did a degree in business studies mm. quite a generalist degree and I think it was always interesting so when I was at Adlet you know about six months into the job I sort of was like I'm not really enjoying the selling I think we're not selling the right product mm. and I said to uh, Lee who was my boss I said look I think we, we're not we need to create a new product a new division and go to market with that because I don't think we're, we're so how long into the, your career is that? So it was about six months after I joined. So that's that's quite unusual. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Brilliant. But to be saying yeah. we're not selling the right product, we, we hit, let's invite a new one. How brilliant! Yeah, yeah. And, and clearly he had a good reaction to it. So he actually took a big risk because he was the yeah. sales director, and he sort of said, "Look, I'm resigning. I want to set up a new division with Gorman." And uh, uh, and we sort of set up this division called Brand. It was basically a performance ad network. Yeah. For for AdLink, and uh, but my biggest career break came about. About three, four weeks after that, he resigned. Lee resigned, right? Because he went to Unanimous and right. got headhunted, and to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Interesting. Basically, Unanimous was like we're selling the wrong product. We want to build a new product. We yeah. heard you're launching it. Yeah. Come launch it with us. And sort of Lee was sort of thinking, oh, you know, maybe you come with me. And I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll take your job. You know, yeah. and then I can sort of be the front man for this. And the thing was, you know, that really hit it off. Like. You know, we had a million pound target, but we hit it in like two months. Wow. And so then... The target like, wasn't big enough, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and then the sort of CEO, uh, now unfortunately the late Stefan Cordier used to, uh, he sort of come and said, what is this you're doing? I want you to come and tell the German, and this, I went to Sweden, and I went to Holland. Oh. And I was like, tell us, tell them what you're doing, because I think... You know, I want them to create this product and sell the product Brilliant. in those markets. So I've got a lot of confidence, and then... Um, uh, then my new boss was Andy Mitchell, and he went to Associated Northcliffe Digital's Associated Newspapers mm-hmm. now, and they said they wanted to do the same mm-hmm. thing, and then mm-hmm. so I uh, sort of jumped shift. So it was almost like I always was starting new divisions, yeah, but in bigger companies. So it was always like, you know, here's a laptop, you know, you, you know, you, there's no, you know, you go basically. So I always got that even in early life, mm-hmm. I got that like. From, from heritage I was surrounded by people who run businesses mm. and then when, even when I got into work I was never really working on an existing essentially you're sort of describing a journey without barriers in it it's like I want to say really? yeah yeah I guess the, the, the barriers was just if it failed then there would have been a barrier yeah. I guess but yeah. I was just. This is also about right time, right place. Yeah. You know, we were it's all fortunate though. enough to get into an industry which is high, evolves a lot you know it it changes a lot but there are plenty of heritage businesses still around that you know didn't take that kind of agile approach yeah yeah that's why I was actually like associate newspapers I was really uh, grateful to them Mm. for being quite uh, sort of liberal and open and you know and for them the thing was they had a print business and they were like we need to figure out how to make it digital so they were listening to everything digital Mm. yeah um, and so they'd give everything a go that's where all their investments were going um, and then I, even when I, it was interesting, when I let, so we set up Any Media was the yeah. network we yeah. called there. 
it's actually when I left there to start media that any media part went massive actually yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah I was always like I always felt bad when I left Adling mm. that that division sort of filtered down after I left because I didn't really create anything like a sustainable structure well you were quite young though at the time though, yeah yeah you? it was sort of I was just too in the weeds of everything yeah. basically mm. and uh, but with any media I was always like um I was always keen to just make sure that, like, that... I was had a bit of pride for that, so I was, like, mm. I was keen to make sure that that didn't go anywhere. And a uh, guy who works for Group M now, Nicholas Timms, um, he sort of joined as a grad, and about six months before I was going to leave, I said, look, don't tell anyone, I'm going to start my own business. Mm. But I want you to just to hang out with me for six months, <laughs> just because uh, I'm going to, when I resign, I'm going to say I want you to yeah. take my job. And, I mean, for him, it was a massive... He was, like, 24, yeah. 23 years old. Yeah. And he got this sort of job managing like twenty odd people and things like that. But then he he absolutely nailed it, and now he's almost working in in the organisation. So do you think it takes a there's a specific personality that that works well for starting businesses, um, and or can anyone do it? How, how do you start a successful business? I think everybody like we talk, I'll talk a few values of media IQ, but there's two values that I think are really important that have to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Ambition. Now everybody says they're ambitious. If mm. I walked on the street now and asked 100 people, are you ambitious? They'd probably say, yeah, I've got some ambition. But you need determination to back up your ambition because there's always a problem. There's yeah. always a barrier and you just got to not let that barrier sort of psychologically not so get to you. Ambition with the resilience. With the resilience and determination. Yeah. We, always, we always used to say, like, when I moved to New York in my desk, I put this board up mm. to the office, always figure it out. You know, this was like... Like you know, we can strategize and we know we're going to go that way, but it's going to be a problem, mm. and you just got to have that mentality of figuring it out. And I think mm. ambition with determination is what creates. You don't even have to be. I don't think you need to start your own business to be entrepreneurial. But even an entrepreneurial employee mm. is somebody mm. who just breaks through barriers, mm. no matter where they are, because you always find a way. You always find you've got to find a way. Find and I think that for me is the is a big trait. And then mm. second one is passion. You know, I sort of define passion as like. And I put this sign up on you. It's like, yeah. you got it. Someone asked me to design. I said, I couldn't get my words out. I was like, it's either you sort of give a shit or you don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't really fake it. It sums it up, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you, like, yeah you're right. You can't fake it. You, you care, care you don't care. Yeah, yeah, you don't. And I was like, if you're passionate, and that, and you're quite lucky to be working in something you're passionate about because um, it's mm. quite hard to find that. Mm. Um, but you don't have to. You can be passionate about a lot of things. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually most passionate about our staff, actually. I really yeah. want to see... that's the best thing I love about Media IQ is what's happened to the team you know we've had uh, you know um, people who are graduates are just their lives are completely different Different, now you know they're like you know know, their career progression has been like 15 years worth of time in three years through the experiences they've had with us amazing that's the passion that's for me that's what drove me. I wasn't was I really passionate about digital advertising? I was interested yeah. in it, but I wasn't really. I was I was more passionate about okay. I, I understand this space. I think we can do something better for clients. But my real passion when it was about starting a business was to really influence the people yeah. that betted on us. Yeah, you know, yeah. as lives. Really. Yeah, and thinking right, how can we create an environment that is going to get the most. Sense? So I think you know, if you're passionate, you got. You don't have to be passionate about even the sector you work in you have to understand the sector yeah. and, and add value but be passionate to I mean I think a lot of the management here would say the thing that 
makes them kind of love their job and, and get out of bed in the morning is the potential to help the people that work here to be the best that they possibly can yeah. be and bring out the absolute best in them. Yeah. And you're right, what it it, it, do, it does. It, it, that's a good day, isn't it, when you yeah, help yeah, somebody... Yeah. Yeah. Generally, human beings aren't that complicated. They yeah. care about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they do, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is a really big question. It's a really big question. It's, it's a big question. A big yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you do to change the way clients are doing their digital advertising? For me, I think, you know... The, really dig into uh, the insights that they've got from their campaigns and try to do something broader with them. So, you know, my belief is if you think of all the raw data that sits behind a digital ad campaign, it's like the most untapped best market research data for a brand. And if they can sort of unlock their insight from that and then not just think, okay, yes, that insight definitely can improve the next ad campaign. Yeah. But that insight probably can help a client in another area so like of a MPD business. or service or yeah something pricing. like you know you know you've got like can you give, like, us, a, give us an example yeah. yeah like an example would be and we're, we're trying to trying to really push this agenda with yeah. clients and we've got a car rental client who said you know our biggest problem at the moment is that um, uh, you know for people for 100 booking reservations we get of cars only 70% of the time people turn up and we only get paid when they turn up and we've got a fleet problem because we have to hold all these cars here but we can't charge them unless they come and show up they're like we don't know why they don't show up and I was like you know what I bet if we just looked at the insights and all your digital assets and your ad Mm. campaigns we could come up with some cool and so we did like using location data like ah those users that are booking are going to your competitors and we can track them through their device so the the insight one is they they are taking cars Insight too is like just audience profiling. It's like, well, why don't we look at their online profile of what cars they like compared to what cars they buy? Yeah. And actually, in certain locations, your um, breakage rate is like sixty percent. Sixty percent of the time, people don't turn. Yeah. It's because you don't have the cars. They're booking cars that they don't like. And so it's like trying to get clients to think. Actually, the insight yeah. I'm just picking up from all these campaigns and ad yeah. tech, I should try and apply it to bigger, broader. To the offer. And the user experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit, and I think, yeah. so it's almost, to, to answer that question as simply as I can, it's the, what I'd like to see clients do in digital advertising is almost think broader than digital advertising yeah. off what they pick up from running their ad campaigns. Yeah, and it's one of the things, because I've got this this uh, new role as uh, Chief Transformation Officer, and it's one of the key points, which is that digital transformation isn't digital transformation. Digital transformation is transformation. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's we're, we're sort of... I don't know, people are post-digital, yeah. I don't know, peak digital, I don't know what we are, but it's you can't just silo it and go, yeah, 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 yeah. let's just have that interesting conversation in that corner, it, it affects. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Interesting. But it's interesting, it's hard for clients, I do totally understand the challenges clients mm-hmm. have, to because, to, you know, it's organisational, actually. It mainly. is, and cultural. Yeah, cultural, that's it. So it's, it's like, And that's why, actually, you find the newer businesses, the Netflix, the Ubers... Uh, Airbnbs, mm. they're they've all, they're all yeah. all over that because they've been built that way. Mm. But I think some of the legacy sort of clients, mm. they've just got these cultural and organisational mm. barriers. And silos. And yeah, yeah. 
So how would you want to see the market evolve over the next five years? Not how do you think it will five evolve? Five years is long, it's time. Well, it is a long time. I was thinking, yeah, because I was just thinking back in three years. 2003 you started, 2008 I started. Like That's a huge gap in, in most, most experience. And then you go to 2013 and now we're almost in 2018. Well, not almost in 2018. Like How much has changed? A lot can change. Yeah, I mean, make yeah. it a year. Yeah. What, what do you want to see change is the, the purpose of the question. I guess going linking back to the from my previous answer, yeah. I just want to see this notion of insights that you get from I just want ad tech and digital to almost be seen as a um, proxy to help the clients making better decisions through the mm. insights they get and I just think, I think there's a bit too much of an over obsession on the result mm. it's like I say like look anybody should be able to deliver your result mm. there's enough options out there mm. to hit your goals it's like what's the value outside of the goals and it's and, and, and there's only th- more data coming into this world. Mm. There's only better techniques to analyse data coming into this world. Mm. So it's like I want I want clients to sort of jump on the forefront of that because then I think they can think broader than uh, than just thinking in silos. Because it is that all organisations need to like get horizontal now. Need to start linking things together. Mm. And I, I think digital is the way to do that that's to your point mm. it's not a digital transformation it's like it's like it's transformation all here mm. powered mm. by yeah like certain digital do you, you, do you think GDPR is going to change you've just said data more data is coming do you, yeah. do you see that I, as a I think with GDPR I think look there's a uh, I think it's a really good thing for our industry because I think any new industry always has like Sort of a bit of a free for all period yeah. where there's nobody really checking on what yeah. they're doing, and uh, you know, and, and a few people could break rules and things like that. And actually, I think consumers, you know, it's like you, sh- yeah, we all work in this sector, right? So, you know, when we sort of tell our grandparents or our mums, like, oh, mm. here's what we could do, their their reaction hor- is normally like, mm, yeah. yeah, that doesn't, I'm not happy yeah. about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, I think you know, there has to be uh, some form of more awareness. Um, provided to the consumer mm. because it's their right to mm. know what's going on and so and but the they set the rules this this industry is excellent at adapting mm. yes so if whatever they set is going to affect everybody and then the, the more adaptable innovative companies will find ways mm. uh to still deliver value and and comply no is having more rules and compliance is a good thing because it protects the consumer mm. and without the consumer we ain't well, got a business, business. No. Yeah, very yeah. good yeah. Um, so you've just moved back to London yes um, yeah. tell us what's next for you so me and my wife are hugely confused <laughs> are you in different time zones <laughs> we are like hugely confused we, we don't know if we want to live in a little hamlet in okay. the countryside yeah. Or in uh, you know in a uh, block of flats in South Bank at the right. moment. So I think I need to just chill out and figure out what I want to do uh, personally. Mm. Um, but I definitely want to live in England. I like to be closer to my family, mm. especially just had a child, etc. Yeah. Professionally, I'm really excited actually because our our business has got um, it's grown really quickly in the last fifteen months, and you know lots of countries, lots of departments. You know, got over four hundred staff. And like the last three years, I've been a bit more vertical, like just running the American yep. side. So I've never, I thought, I'm a CEO, but really I'm in a USMD. Hmm. It's been the sort of 
uh, part I've been playing. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to getting more horizontal mm-hmm. across the business. And I've really enjoyed it. I sort mm-hmm. of uh, flipped over the American responsibility at the start of the year. Um, and I'm really enjoying just like, just sort of you know governing the strategy and things but then playing a part where i can mm. um and i'm i'm like you know like i said my biggest passion is our staff you know and mm. you know my biggest fear is our staff yeah. you know is that and so i spend a lot of my time just because because you're now at the point where you can't just say follow me everyone and yeah. you're gonna have people at the back going it was, it's so yeah. what did you say and i'm speaking metaphorically obviously yeah if, the, if there's one advice i could give anyone Clarity. who's thinking of setting up a business yeah or to or even if they're not saying even if they work in a leadership position in an organization is just over deliver for your people and it always leads to success you will never hear a story of someone over delivering for someone and it's not led to success. Mm. That that is for me is the golden rule. If you over deliver for your people, your clients are happy, they're happy, the business is happy. Yeah. Mm. And for me now, actually, like if I if I think yeah, like that is the one thing I'm I'm really keen to make sure. Even as we scale, yeah. you know, we've got a few few like mouse traps mm. that I don't want us to get yeah. caught into. Yeah. Um, and just trying to figure that out, making sure we continue to over deliver for our people. Um, a because I'm passionate about it, and B actually, I think that's the best strategy to it's, deliver it's, good it's business. business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You sort of answered my question about giving advice to someone just starting their career in our business. Is there anything different for someone just starting, or is it is it over deliver? I think if you're just starting, I re I think this industry is great because you know you've got every company's got great examples of betting on young up and coming talent, taking risks on them, etc. So my take on it is like, you know, you just, if you've got a good idea and, you know, you've got, um, you know, if you just keep brainstorming in your head and if you've got some good ideas, be vocal about it. Mm. You know, managers and and your peers are going to enjoy you trying to figure out how to do things better. Mm. You know, if they're, if the whole company thinks, oh, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, we just want to get doing what we've got to do then it's probably the wrong company if you want to yeah sort of scale totally yeah so and, and and our industry i think is excellent because we've got some brilliant companies who are all striving to innovate and so if, if you know if my son wanted to get into this industry i'd be like go for it you know but like don't be scared to to talk your mind actually mm. and actually when you're uh, a little bit more um new you know, you 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 haven't got any co- you haven't got any bad habits. No, yeah. <laughs> so true. you might find that you've got all the answers. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. compared to somebody else. Yeah. Um, so um, this is obviously one of our regular questions. My favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? Cool. Wow. I say you've come without notes as well. A lot of people often have notes, so uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. interested. Freestyling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think. Um, God, I think a uh, this is a really bad thing that first came into my mind. Oh, like, I think you know, like you know, a drink just to have yeah. fun with people. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. do like to socialise. Yeah. Any particular form of drink? I think the thing is, I like to let off steam with my staff right. actually. So in New so York, so tequila slammers. No, I right. used to just always go to nightclubs and you know, go, let's get a bottle of vodka and let's have fun and things cool. like that. So, uh, big bottle of vodka sparklers and things like that but it's uh, <laughs> you know um, there's that I think um, uh, nowadays I'd say a nappy 
Always good to have one in you. Yeah, always good to have one on you. What other objects? Um, a football. I like playing football. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'm an Arsenal fan, and Andrew's team beat us. <laughs> um, a pro- yeah, probably a phone because you know I really love my work, and I'm always on the phone. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is maybe not a bad thing. And um, oh, that's about it. I think. One, one more. One more. One more. One more. One more. One more. Favorite. Oh, I think uh, I would have. uh, You know, for people who know me, they'd probably say, "Go on, probably eating some fried chicken or something." Okay, (laughs) cool. So chicken under. Yeah. (laughs) So you've, I mean, you've just moved. So I'm sure you're quite aware of everything that's in your house. Uh, Your house isn't, unfortunately, on fire. You've just moved back. Uh, What three things would you say from your house? All the living things are fine. So my family. Family fine. Any pets are fine. Uh, actually probably would my passport because I'm always travelling yeah. uh, my laptop because I do quite enjoy work yeah. um, and uh, I don't actually really love the things I own mm. actually yeah. uh, um, uh, what else would I take I'd take you know probably like uh, some pictures yeah that's good yeah. cool yeah. Um, favourite book um that could be favorite your favorite all-time book or or a book that you give away frequently because people ask it answer it both ways or sometimes people answer mm. both i'm really bad actually i've only ever read three books in my life wow okay. i'm not really a big reader no, that's I, fine. I like listening to things like podcasts yeah. and watching documentaries more yeah. um I think the most influential book i've ever read which i only actually read two chapters of it yeah. was um before I started Media IQ, I read this book uh, by Felix Dennis, who yeah. owns Dennis uh, Publishing. Publishing. And he had this... Uh, and very entrepreneurial. Yeah, and he had this good. chapter in it um, called sort of Ownership, Ownership, Ownership. <laughs> and one of the sort of uh, sort of unique things about Media IQ actually was that, you know, we've grown, you know, scaled to you know, a couple of hundred million dollars of revenue, very mm. profitable in seven, eight countries, 400 staff. We've got a 92% retention rate. And in our, we never took any investment. It's just mm. me and Lee. Mm. And I think, I remember like speaking to Lee. I was like, did you read that? He, he actually randomly was reading the book yeah. at the same yeah. time as me. And I just, I just thought that that sort of, you know, like, don't feel like you have to, like, the ownership thing was more just like, you know, the normal way was to, right, let's, or well, everyone else has raised money, let's go yeah. and do that. And that just sort of, well, you don't have to do things the same mm. yeah. you know, if, if everyone's going left you can go right yeah. and you know if you and it's all in your hands yeah. um yeah the, that's the thing it's always in your hands yeah it's your choice you are to blame if something goes wrong yeah so and i think i just i don't i just just that chapter just made just made me think Stop well maybe you. we don't have to go yeah. this way maybe we can mm. go that way um but yeah you got any podcast recommendations then you know the TED talks are, are mm. pretty good. Yeah. Um, Which ones though? Because the, you can do TED talks, or you can do there's one by is it NPO? Do four shortened TED talks in an hour? They do four themed ones. I can't remember which one it was. The one I found the most influential was the one that sort of talked about the why. Yeah, Simon Sinek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why of business? Yeah, oh. yeah, I, yeah I, we I, like that here. We have a why of media company. Yeah. Every time I sort of do sales training, I um, 
I sort of say to the guys, okay, guys, um, I make cars for a living. I've got this special formula that I stick into the tyres that makes the, uh, the car grip to the road so it drives a bit faster. But the real reason I did it was because, um, you know, I wanted to make driving the best experience of your day. And I sort of say, tell me what you remember. Yeah. That was the experience of the day. Yeah. I was like, cool. Yeah. That's, I start with the why. Yeah. You know, it's like that's how I sort of interpreted yeah. that, that uh, sort of TED talk. Brilliant. Uh, if you had to choose one person to play you in a film about your life, who would it be? Anil Kapoor. Right. A, uh, a Bollywood actor. Yeah. I like yeah. him. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, and now we're going to give you um, a poster site billboard. Where would you put it? Anywhere in the world. And what would it say? Ah. Uh, It's really, it's not not really that inspiring actually. But if I was to do another business, it would be something around trying to um, change, uh, uh, not change, but just enhance certain leaders of businesses' um, way in which they manage their stuff people. Yep. So I think you know, maybe it might be in an airline lounge, and it would yep. say, "Just over deliver for your people." This would be the message. I love that. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> The final question, which you yeah. may not have uh, been prepared for if you didn't listen, haven't listened to the podcast, is from this box, which is 100 questions. It's a toolkit for careers. Sounds like something you might like, actually. Yeah. It's from the School of Life, and it's just 100 questions. So if you could pick one of these at random, read it out, yeah. and then answer it, please. What would your child need to do in order to make you a bit jealous professionally? Oh, cool well, question. Well, it's the same. <laughs> I was five, six months old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what? It's uh, follow in his mother's footsteps and become a doctor. Oh, yeah. I think okay. that would. I've si- I just think the whole medical industry is uh, actually so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I actually got like when I started Media IQ, my wife just started work as a doctor, yeah. and she was on these like twelve-hour night shifts, oh. and um, she's working in London, and uh, we were, I was staying. I think we were staying at her mum and dad's house in Slough. So she. And I was, she come home and uh, she had a night shift. Yeah. She'd come home and I was in a real bad mood. Right. And I said, oh, you know, what's happened? Because I used to trade the campaigns yeah. in the early days of Media IQ. And I said, oh, just, you know, I'm going to, I'm really worried if I lose this account because, you know, it's really important yeah. for mm. the sustainable. I just can't get this click through rate to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just tried everything. No one's clicking on the ads. And uh, she went, oh, anyway, what's wrong with you? She said, oh, well, you know, I'm a junior doctor and um, I was on the ward by myself today and somebody mm. cardiac arrested mm. and I, I buzzed all the seniors yeah. and nobody yeah. come and then I just had to, I had a few minutes, I had to just think of something to do and luckily I got the person uh, uh, mm. back in and then I was sort of like, oh, I had a 12-hour shift and then I was at the platform at Paddington coming home and uh, I, um, I just noticed a guy veering to the left all the time I was watching him and then he fell over I was like right he's just having a stroke mm. so I was like right so I ran, everybody was panicked. I ran there I basically uh, got his phone and I phoned his wife up because I knew I needed to check if he had any medical yeah. pre-existing medical conditions and I was really kind of like to his wife, don't calm your husband's having a stroke and things like that and I was like call the ambulance tell him to take him to this hospital so I just had a really stressful day and I was like I'm really sorry for talking to you about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it really puts it in perspective. Yeah, no, yeah bad like, don't work. Yeah, yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 very good. So I definitely would love my uh, child to be a doctor. 
Thank you so yeah, much. Man, thank oh, you really so much. It's been a very inspirational. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Cheers.